Are we recording? <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Uh, we're doing this emergency podcast just because Morgan Riley has signed a pretty substantial contract extension to the tune of eight years, $60 million total, seven and a half, $7.5 million AAV per year. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. Thank you guys How's for joining me. So last minute. Wow, what a day though, eh? Did not see this coming. It's crazy. Not not a hush about it. So kinda, I kind of thought it was going to be on the back burner until uh, until the end of the season. Same here. I uh, so I posted it on Twitter, but I was listening to the Hockey PDO cast, which is Dmitry Filipovich's podcast, and Chris Johnson was on with Emily Kaplan, and they asked about Morgan Riley, and Chris Johnson said, "I don't see anything getting done soon." Um, and he was, he was like, there's going to be some, there's going to need to be some moving parts in order to get this contract done, especially with the D market, the way it is now. I literally listened to that 10 minutes after Morgan Riley signed. I couldn't yeah, believe that's it. Crazy. It was such a coincidence. So, so not to interrupt Joe, but I think I, I forget which of the insiders tweeted. It might've been Pierre Lebrun, but they were saying like a week ago, basically Dubas was not like interested in giving any sort of no move clause in this deal. And I think apparently- that was- I thought that was about Hyman. No, I, I saw that about Riley as well. So, wow. and that's a concession I guess he made, which is interesting because he seems reluctant to give those out now, which I guess makes sense given the high percentage of cap that we currently have invested in very few players. So he wants more mm-hmm. flexibility, but hey, it seemed like to him, Morgan Riley was a, you know, a substantive piece of this team, which is why I think what, what you said was said on that podcast is probably a fact, like, that's a pretty big concession to make, right? Going from a, yeah. I don't want to give a no move clause to essentially a full no move for eight years. So, did you hear the caveat with the no move clause? Is it about the it, that it starts today? Starts that, right now. So yeah. nine years of no movement clause for yeah. Morgan wow. Riley, and I believe in the last two it's modified. It's a modified. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yep. So crazy. Who wants to go first? What do you What do you guys think about this contract? Um. First off, off the bat, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying like um, that he kind of took a discount relative to the other market. There's like a couple of things I want to get into that to that, but I just want to start out by saying like he took seven and a half million dollars by eight years. That's sixty million dollars total contract. If you were to walk on free agency, the equivalent contract would be eight point six million. So the, if you're comparing him to like the top end guys just out the gate, he didn't really take that much of a dis- discount in like total. Uh, like the total salary just want I just wanted to start off with that because there was a lot of like misconceptions on Twitter uh uh about that and yeah um do you want to get started on like Morgan Riley as a player how do you guys want to do this well I think the number is the most important thing right in this Mm -hmm. city we know that that apparently that is the most talked about thing so I agree with you. I don't think seven and a half is a discount at all. I saw Darren mm-hmm. Dreger tweeting similar things after pretty much. It seems like any one signs in Toronto, which is they, you know, they could have signed more elsewhere. They're worth more. Like for some reason, he likes to pump up our players a lot money wise, which is weird, but okay. Essentially the same con- things that were said about the Marner contract that everyone rips on Darren Dreger saying now is what he's saying about the, about the Riley deal, which is, Riley took seven and a half and he could have got eight or nine in the open market, which I mean, he would know better than me, but you guys tell me, I don't see anybody paying Morgan Riley, $9 million over seven years. That's Dougie Hamilton money. Mm -hmm. Who would have paid him that? 
No. Yeah, I, I don't see that. Yeah. So okay, we agree that's probably not a fact. So if that's no, true, but the thing was what... also um, Darnell Nurse's contract. What did he get? Eight point two five. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think Nurse might be better than Riley. I don't know. What do you guys think? That's a close. I'd have to dig into. That's that a close one. I, I haven't looked I too know. deeply into Nurse, honestly. But but also, what was our reaction to the Nurse deal? It felt a little pricey, much. right? Yeah. So. It's yeah. it's interesting because I, I see a lot of people complaining about Marner contracts and like happy about the Morgan Riley contract. I get it. There's a lot of I feel like there's a lot more in, emotional investment in Morgan Riley maybe because he's been on the team for so long and people um, like like him a lot I guess. But if you take the emotions out of it, I'm like feeling very like lukewarm about this deal. I'm not not as positive as the majority seem to be. Yeah, I, I see it the same way. I think. Um... I think I'm happy that they kept Morgan Riley. I think it's important to Mm -hmm. keep guys who want to stay here. That's number one. I think that should be a priority always. When you have homegrown talent, you try to keep them here. I think, again, it's a little too steep for me. I look at seven and a half over eight years. I look at some of these contract comparables. I know this may be tiresome for some people, but I can give my opinion, but I can also give numbers, right? And the numbers, it doesn't tell the whole story, but it's a story. So this first comparable is Jared Spurgeon. Who's, who got 7.5 for seven years. I, I think Jared Spurgeon's a much better defenseman than Morgan Riley. I don't know what you guys think. Like, He's definitely more complete, for sure. And maybe like his style of play might age better as well. Yeah, but. maybe. And then I look at John Carlson, who got 8 eight by 8, which is just 500K more than Riley. Like, mm-hmm. and he won a Norris Trophy, right? Like, yeah, he's a better offensive player than Riley. Same much better of, on the power Same sort play. of defensive. Yes, yes. And same sort of defensive story there. And then you look at two guys, Oliver Ekman Larson and Seth Jones. So I want to unpack those two quickly. Like Oliver Ekman Larson, when he signed that deal, it was largely the same thing that people said about Riley. Like, you know, he's been really good for the Coyotes, keep him in town. It's their captain. Like Riley's probably the most important leader on our team outside John Tavares. I think most people would say that. And then look how that deal turned out for them. Two years in, it's one of the worst deals in the NHL. That's the problem with giving these, you know, these defensemen, these premium contracts. It's They seem to age really poorly. I don't know what, about you guys, but some of these, like, look at Eric Carlson went down bad. Mark Edward Vlasic, like, Oliver Eric Carlson's the one that you really have to stare at simply because mm-hmm. he was an, a heavy offensive defenseman, a lot of skating, a lot of speed, but he didn't have the strongest sort of, like, Base to him and the strongest skating stride and a couple injuries later. And now he's, you know, he's building back up right now, but he, he for a couple of years there, it was really, really ugly. Right. And there's still a lot of term left to go for that air Carlson contract. A lot. And yeah. again, you're like, I get that UFAs cash in, they're supposed to cash in more than RFAs, but I'm also starting to understand why it's starting to swing a bit and guys are cashing in early on these RFA deals because man, Almost all of these UFA deals, by the time you get to year three and four, these guys are massively overpaid. Jason made a good point to me today. John Tavares is a great hockey player. Let's be critical for one second. Look how much his foot speed has declined from year one to year four of that contract. And he's only 30 years old. Yeah. His contract's going to take Morgan Riley to, what, 35? Yeah. And even, I mean, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. This is a knee-jerk reaction based on what we've seen through eight games. But Jake Muzzin? Yeah, Jake Muzzin, that's a great point. Has not looked good at all this year. And this is year two of his his UFA kind of extension deal that he signed with the Leafs, right? Yeah. So it's like the big thing when I saw it signed, 
Like it's a big term and it's a big, big number too. It's a heavy, big heavy number. investment in a, I want to say one dimensional uh, defenseman. I mean, he's been mm-hmm. one dimensional. I want to yeah. say uh, yeah. his uh, defense is his gap control. Isn't that good. His skating. He's very good in a straight line, but he's not the strongest skater in terms of this edge work. His gap control, especially is very, very not good. The pinches sometimes are a little bit ugly, but I, I, I mean, we saw in the playoffs last year, he kind of reeled that back in and was a much yep. better defenseman overall. But mm-hmm. then again, there's the flip side to it. And I'm going to get into the numbers here. Morgan Riley, in terms of offense, whether you like him or not, is at the tops of the league in terms yep. of on ice expected goals for and even five on five points produced. Now, here are the numbers over the last three seasons, not including this season. He is in, what's this, fifth place? One, two, three, four, five. Fifth place with 78 five-on-five points in 184 games. Thomas Shabbat, Brent Burns, Roman Yossi, John Carlson are ahead of him, right? Yep. That's it. Who's below him is actually, it's kind of funny, it's uh, Tyson Berry. (laughs) (laughs) So, his five-on-five offense, he produces it very well because he's such a good straight-line skater with the puck. But then again, there's the defensive side of the puck, and it's the massive investment at the, you know, 28's not – or 27, I believe. Yeah, 27 right now. He'll be 28 when it kicks in. Yeah, exactly. So there is some worry to it, and I mean – I don't know. I don't know how much I, how I feel about it really. Like it's Morgan Riley. There's a lot of sentimental value. Seems like here's another new word for the podcast, a consummate pro. He does bring (laughs) something to the lineup, Yep. but it's like seven and a half for something that's giving seven and a half mil per year for eight years to a defenseman. That's kind of missing something to their game. It's like, and not only defense he's missing his power play, the, his play on the power play has been absolutely atrocious too. Yep. We can't forget that. Yep. I still want him replaced as the number one power play defense defenseman. And mm-hmm. we're giving seven and a half million to a one way offensive defenseman that can't play the power play. It's like, yeah. Hmm. So for me to, for this deal to be worth it, we're going to need to see, I know it was only a seven game sample. We're going to need to see him take a step to how he was in the playoffs last year. Yep. And he's going to have to play that for an 82-game season. And, and I feel like, that's, like, yeah, I feel like that's a lot of just effort on his part, ex- which, I, I mean, is Morgan Riley a lazy player by any accounts? I don't think so at all. Hmm. So, But that, that to me is how he becomes – hits his value, hits his cap hit. Um, but, yeah, no, I, 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 I want to go through some more notes on Morgan Riley. Like, because, like you mentioned, he doesn't – like, he's been our first power play guy for – almost four years now and it's he's kind of he's not good at it like he hasn't been good he doesn't have that lethal shot that can get through and 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 threaten the goalie from the top and he sometimes he doesn't have like the right like the quick enough decision making to fire passes across and be like a a a point guard almost on on the on that uh on that on the point um so he and in my eyes like by the end of the season he like sandy needs to be on that power play and I'm worried that maybe because Sandin is now in a contract year and we've locked up Morgan Riley, they might be hesitant to do that. That might be for another time, though. But along with that, Morgan Riley also doesn't, like, I know we don't expect him to. He doesn't play the power play. Or, sorry, the penalty kill. He's, he's defenseman number four or five. Usually Dermot's ahead of him. 
So like, like you said, Joe, we're paying seven and a half million dollars for a very one dimensional player who his, the, the thing he's good at is driving offense, but he relies so much on his legs. Like we don't know how, how that's going to age. And that scares me a lot. Yep. Those are great points. Those are great points. Sorry, Joe, go ahead. So I do want to bring up some outside opinions that, you know, I was uh, seeking today. I was very, I was unsure of how I felt about the Riley contract. So here's Josh Simpson, mm-hmm. uh, very good follow on Twitter. He's, he's at is at Josh Simpson, S-I-M-P-S-O-N 77. He said, mm-hmm. Riley's contract is actually pretty solid, especially when you consider how pricey the defense market has become over the last few months. The one thing I will say is that once Riley's legs go, he's not going to be nearly the player he is today. There's potential for this to look quite rough near the end of the deal. However, this is a win now type of move, which the Maple Leafs kind of need to be making right now. Yeah, that, that's fair. I understand that. I just want to make a point about the like the defensive market. Just because someone pays overpays for a defenseman doesn't mean that that's market. Like that's that doesn't mean that's like market price. That's fair market value. Like we a lot of people assume that the NHL because it's the NHL, their free agency operates in an efficient market. Clearly that these GMs tend to like, it's, it's not an efficient market. It just goes to the highest bidder. That's what free agency is. So I I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. He's, he's, uh, um, he's a little cheaper than, than those guys. And he's like comparable. I I don't see those comparisons. Jason, can you quickly make the point you made to me earlier about everyone bringing up Seth Jones in relation to Morgan Riley? Yeah. They they say that the nine and a half million dollars, Seth Jones got nine and a half. And we got Morgan Riley for seven and a half. That's a two, $2 million discount. But at the same time, if you pay $9 million for a pile of garbage, that doesn't make that pile of garbage now worth $9 million. You just paid for it. You just paid $9 million for it. In my opinion, it's almost like uh, NFTs. I don't see the value in <laughs> NFTs. Maybe that's just a you thing, though, Joe. Honestly, I don't know. It's like, it's a picture, and everyone's throwing so much money at it. Like, I don't see the intrinsic value to it. And yet, the values keep going up and up and up and up. So, no, here's a, sorry to just sorry to interject. The Seth Jones thing is like there, there was one team that was going to do that for Seth Jones, and it was mm-hmm. Chicago. And yeah. Yarmo Island absolutely fleeced them in that deal, and they paid the contract. That is not a, like a tentpole contract that others should be compared to. That is an yeah. outlier contract for Seth Jones. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows that. Everybody knew that when it was signed. You want to compare him? Okay, compare him to Dougie Hamilton making nine yes. million. That's who you should compare him to. Compare only him to only seven seven years as well. Yeah, compare him to Tory Krug, who's by all intents and purposes probably the most similar defenseman to Morgan Riley that signed a, a deal recently. Can we agree on that? Yeah, yeah. And Tory Krug's better on the power six play. and a half six, by seven or six and a half six, by yeah, six. six and a half by I, seven I, I think, for Tory Krug. So I think what Tory Krug does on the power play, like Morgan Riley makes up for five on five. You compare them, like yeah. Morgan Riley isn't as good on the power play, but he's a little better five on five. Just yeah. but yeah, sorry, keep going. So, like, when people say he took a discount compared to Seth Jones, you could easily make the opposite argument and say he took more compared to – let's bring up – can I bring up three guys on St. Louis? Let's say, okay, Justin Falk made six and a half for seven years. Justin Falk was good. He tailed off in Carolina. That was looked at as an overpay, but he was really good last year. And they also gave Colton Pareko six and a half over eight years. Where does – Morgan Riley's in that tier of those three guys, in my opinion. Maybe I'm underrating him, but – when they won the cup, Colton Pareko was by far better than Morgan Riley. And that was Morgan Riley's best season. He had 70 points that year. 
So that's where I would have slotted him in. If I was a GM and I said, looked at comparables, that's where I would have slotted them, yeah. him in. And those guys all came at 7.98% of the cap when those were signed. Morgan Riley's coming in at 9.2% at seven and a half million. So as, as people are making the Jones argument, a lot of people are looking at some of these other deals and saying, well, I think he actually took over market value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it does help them make up for it though that the Kessel retention finally comes off next year and the cap goes up one mil. But do you can say that about every signing. Then is yeah. Tavares no yeah. longer overpaid? Is Marner no longer overpaid? Like that doesn't it, it's not on one guy that evenly distributes off your whole team. So I don't think that's yeah. I don't think that's a good excuse, actually, Joe. I hate to disagree. I agree. Yeah. You're my boy. I, saw, you're a smart guy. I know I saw that on Twitter as well, but I think mm-hmm. that's almost like a cop out for people who say it's okay that they gave him a million too much because of this and that. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, but I understand I where it comes from. There's like, oh, we have the same sort of cap outlook. Right. It's almost like you hold Morgan Riley as a placeholder. Right. But I then again, that. like, yeah, you could still apply that 1.2 discount and plus one to, I don't know, Mitch Anybody. Marner. And then yeah. it's like, oh, is Mitch Marner an $8 million player? It's like, well, that's not how it works. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So exactly. sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but that was just one thing. It I makes saw sense. As well. It was one thing I saw. It was just like, okay, like, I, in ter- know, I not- think that's a good argument in terms of like, they're not in cap hell. They still aren't in cap yes. hell. Yes. They don't have a great cap situation, but no. like, they- they'll still have some room. It's not as much room as I would like, but they just kept. And that's also a short term way of looking at it. That's yes. the only for next year, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not looking past that. This deal is an eight year deal. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm, slowly convince myself out of that argument more and more i think about it mm-hmm. yeah it's also like you can you can have both takes you can like morgan riley and still say i don't think he took like a hometown discount and i don't think this contract's gonna age well i think that's yeah. fair same thing as zach yeah. hyman like people are dunking on the least oh zach hyman has six goals yeah zach hyman was sick for the least last two years we know that but we're thinking in year five six seven he's gonna be atrocious so yeah you could you could have it both ways too right that's true um, on top of that, I had something at the top of my head now. Sorry, we were going through the submissions of the people you, you talked about too, about. Them. Oh, there was one person I was DMing. I'm waiting to see if they're okay with me referencing their argument here. By the way, uh, Joe has sources like hashtag sources. <laughs> I hope everyone realizes that this is a professional podcast. <laughs> we're also working on sponsorship number two, not a big Ooh, deal. Oh yes. Yes. That's, that's a nice one right there too. Um, oh, uh, this is what it was. So in terms of the immediate future, if the Leafs were to not bring back Riley and they were to have that $5 million there, do you think they would have been able to better allocate that money um, so, elsewhere? It's, it's such a tough question. And I think this is partially on management because again, we've kind of been, we, we mentioned it in the off season quite a bit but we still don't know what we have in Sandin and uh, Lilligan. And honestly, like maybe even Dermot, who knows if he can step up and play a lot better. He's looks like decent so far. And I think that is like a real important piece, important domino that needs to fall first before all like hypothetically all the other dominoes were to fall. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like we still don't know. Uh, like those pieces are, are going to be, uh, though it, in replacing important. Morgan Riley, if we were to have, have to replace him, those pieces would be important, and we would have to know what those pieces were first to do it, I think. Kind of a bounce around the question there. but Yeah, but that's a fair point. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people probably were coming around to the idea of, okay, you know, we didn't sign Riley before the season, so 
I guess that means Sandine is going to take the step and take a spot. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, where does Rasmus Sandin fit? You have Jake Muzzin signed for two more years. And I understand he's had a slow start, but my goodness, you need Jake Muzzin to be Jake Muzzin if you have any chance of doing anything significant in the playoffs the next couple of years. So that's your two top lefties locked up. So is Sandin just going to kind of be waiting in the wings for now, a la maybe Sam Girard in Nashville, which, and then they end up trading him? Like, that's kind of what I'm seeing now. I don't know if you remember, Joe. Gerard was kind of in and out of the lineup for his first couple of years. There really started and showed stuff. And then they said, you know, let's, let's grab, uh, let's grab Matthew Kyle Shane Turris. and Gerard, or sorry, Kyle Turris and Gerard can be in the Matthew Shane trade, right? In the Matthew Shane trade. One of the know. multiple pieces in that trade. Yeah. But do I think that yeah. money could have been allocated? Well, it's hard to say, like Jason said, like mm-hmm. I, I had this thought this morning and I hate that I had this thought because it, it kind of goes <laughs> against what I said in the off season. But if you think about it, so what would Zach Hyman's number have been at 8 million to stay in Toronto? Like, Four seven five to five million, right? That's what they were mm-hmm. saying. At eight years, yeah. Okay. So, like, let's say Hyman was going to make five mil over eight years. Would you rather have Hyman for five mil over eight years or Morgan Riley for seven and a half over eight years? I think that's a very legitimate question. It may have mm-hmm. to even be a poll question on the Instagram because I, I think it's pretty tight, actually. And I'm kind of surprised I'm even saying that. What do you guys think? No, it's uh... that's a, that's that's a close one, honestly. So um, Zach Hyman's contract or Morgan Riley's current, current yeah, Zach Hyman's hypothetical mm-hmm. leaf contract, which would be five mil AAV for the, cause he got the eighth year. You know what I mean? Like not five and a half for eight. Like that doesn't make a difference. That's not the money he would have gotten in Toronto. And I mm-hmm. think that was widely reported as well. Yeah. So let's just say five mil times eight, or even you could just buy Hyman's regular contract, whatever, five and a half times seven. Just, I think it'd be an interesting poll. See what people think. Yeah. yeah. I'll put that up later. So, okay. So I got confirmation on this one. Mostly leafies. At M O S T L Y L E A F I E S. Sorry, I interrupted you. So I asked, I asked them today, do you like the the do you like the Riley deal? And quote, this is what they said. I think it's one of those things where your opinion of it is dictated by how you want to approach the game. I think it's unquestionably not great from a pure stats point of view. I'm not sure you want your number one D to be bottom tier defensively, no matter how much offensive value they provide. But I don't know. He wants to be here. He takes a, bite, a bit of a haircut. Maybe that influences someone like Matthews on his next deal, question mark. He's a bit, he's a big part of the team in terms of leadership slash what he means. Maybe the certainty of this contract now eases his mind slash gives the team some peace of mind about ma- what management's vision is, question mark. I think if you separate the human element, it's hard to like, but maybe stat focused people separate the human element too much. And then I asked very good point. I also don't love him on the power play. Like, are we going to get eight more years of Riley QB power plays? They said, I think it's very possible. Sandine takes over in the coming years. So that uh, that was a great point. Sorry. I interrupted when you said his, his Twitter or their Twitter at, I'm going to say it again. It's M O S T L Y L E A F I E S. So that's the Twitter follow great account, but I think that's a great point too. I think that's a very sensible way to look at it. I think a lot of people have that, you know, connection, yeah. the human connection to Morgan Riley. Cause you know, we drafted, developed him. So he was great through his first contract, like arguably took probably a pretty, a pretty good deal for the Leafs, you know, when, yeah. when mm-hmm. they signed that deal. And in my opinion, it's a, it's a free agency defenseman deal. There's a slight deficiency to his game. And also with the term as well, there's so many different ways of looking at it. And there's also looking at Morgan Riley, the human. There's so many different ways of looking at it. It's like, 
I don't know, like I, it, it does help us right now. It does help to solidify the Leafs kind of core right now, but like five years down the line, who knows, maybe he's on LTIR and you don't even have to think about this deal, right? Yeah. Maybe the cap goes up to $10 billion. Maybe there's a soft cap. Like we don't know that far down the line. So there's so many different ways of looking at it. That's where I'm like, I'm not like, oh, it's an overpayment. Oh, it's, it's a terrible deal or, oh, it's a fantastic deal. Like it has its deficiencies. It has its, you know, positives to it. So yeah, that's yeah, why that's, we had to do a full podcast. That's <laughs> the right way to look at it though, Joe. I mean, any UFA deal, like you said, there's so many factors when a guy signs back at a UFA, there's so, so many factors that are, that are involved. And I think we, we've touched on a lot of the important things. Like, I just want to say, like, I think Morgan Riley is really good. I think he has a very defined role on the Leafs. I think he's one of the best defensemen in the league at transitioning the puck out of his own zone. Always has controlled exits, good passer out of his own zone, can skate like the wind in a straight line and get the puck out. We saw him do a great job of that in the first goal against mm-hmm. um, against Chicago this week, where he, he was basically his own breakout, and he gave the puck to Marner. Marner, Marner gives it to Tavares, and we have the first goal of the game. But again, you've as you greatly pointed out, he has clear deficiencies with his gap control. He's not quite as bad as like Erasmus Sandin in terms of defending zone entries, but he's not one of our better defensemen. I'd say he's probably fifth best at it. I think all four of the other guys have done better over the last couple of years. Uh, even looking at his five on five points, I, you're also including a looks like an outlier year. That 70.2 point year. Yeah, it's, it's included lot, uh, in there. But then the next year was uh, he was playing on one knee, right? Yeah. So it's like... So I think, I think Morgan Riley, as you said, had a defined role. But one thing that our friend Alex Felici pointed out to me, which I thought was a good point, is he's getting number one D-man money, though. He really is. And what was the biggest thing Dubas had to do in the last two years? Bring in Muzzin and bring in Brody. Because we weren't strong enough on the back end. So does he deserve that kind of money off of you know what he's done for us? As Jason said, he's not playing the toughest minutes either. I don't know. It's a very complicated question, but I think it's good that we put all this information out there and let people know it's not a cut and dry. This is a good deal or a bad deal. Like there's a lot of things that go into it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I put up on the Instagram story, is it a fair deal or an overpayment or overpayment? And uh, 64% of people said fair deal. Uh, I wanted to get you guys' opinions. I think we've gone through everything with the Riley deal here. Yeah. I wanted to get your guys' opinions on the, New Leafs pairings. So right now it's Riley on first pairing. It's Riley and Dermot on the right side. And then Muzzin Brody with Muzzin on the left, Brody on the right, obviously. And the third pairing is Lilligren and Sandine. Hole appears to be the seventh D and will be scratched against Detroit. Thoughts? I'm, I, I honestly, I'm happy that, that they did this. Because Hall has not been playing well this season, but when you like just looking at this, it kind of stinks. Maybe maybe we were we were very pro Hall on this podcast, and maybe we were wrong. But also, it's only been seven games, right? It's only been eight games, so it's we'll have to wait and see if if Hall's going to be good. But loot like when we could have had Jared McCann, and now we're scratching Hall. It kind of stinks. For sure, yeah, I agree. Um, in terms of the actual pairings, Jason, what do you think about Dermot getting that promotion? off what you've seen from him so far. Honestly, he, he's looked great. And I think he's, that's a very well-deserved promotion. It's, I agree. It's a big it's, opportunity for him. It is. And, and I hope he takes it, takes the, the bull by its by the horns. Cause like yeah. we've been, we've not that we're, we don't like Jeremy, but we just, ha- he hasn't shown 
us enough yet. As quite, with, hadn't quite progressed to the level that he exactly. should have. I mean, but I mean, when was the last time he was given the opportunity to play in the top four? It was like two years two ago, years right? Ago and I felt like he was coming yeah. off of that shoulder surgery. He looked very boxy that year. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot more loose now. So it's a fantastic opportunity. And you know what? He's really playing to his strong suit in this pairing here. He's going to have to be the more defensive guy on that pairing because, you know, we've seen it with Brody and Riley. I mean, how many two-on-ones did Brody have to stop, right? So, yeah. I think that it's a very, very good opportunity. I'm like beyond happy that we changed up the decor. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was a very good sign from the coaching staff simply because it wasn't working through, what are we, eight games in now? So yeah. I'm glad yep. they were able to make the switch and we didn't just keep doubling down on, oh, no, it worked last year. It'll work this year. So I'm very curious to see how this shakes out and how long they'll, they'll stick to it. The, the biggest thing about Travis Dermott, too, is that his underlying numbers are, mind you, a very small sample against uh, relatively easier competition. Most models try and take out the competition and the teammates around you, but he does have very strong underlying numbers. So it'd be awesome yeah. if Dermott can take that step. Yeah, his, his mm-hmm. micro stats profile in particular has been quite good this year from what we've looked at. Um, what about from what you've tracked? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. From what we've tracked, oh, he's been one of the better Leafs defensemen at defending zone entries so far. And he's done quite well as a tandem with Sandine. They Their zone exits have been really good. That's part of why their expected goals is so good. The odd time that they do get hemmed in their own end, yes, I mean, there's sometimes they can get matched up with bigger forwards that can cycle them quite a bit. Sometimes Sandine gives up two easy zone entries and it takes them a while to get the puck out. But most of the time, they're doing that pairing was doing a really good job of exiting the zone efficiently, and Dermot was doing a spectacular job of preventing zone entries. Now, you need to take that with a grain of salt because as we said it's mostly playing against lower competition more riley and dermot probably won't get the a1 assignments but he's still going to play much better players than he did before so we'll see how yeah. he can do in taking that next step but so far i gotta eat my words on travis dermot i didn't know really where he fit because he was said to be an offensive defense when he was drafted he's a terrible offensive defenseman when the puck goes past the red line i'm stealing this from joe He's, he's lost with the puck. He sent me, Joe sent a couple of videos to our group chat. It's like, yeah, I don't know what Dermot's doing there. But on the flip side, in his own zone, in, even in his own side of the neutral zone, he's done a really, really good job so far. So I think that's a well-deserved promotion. I think, as you said, he can do some of the things that Brody was forced to do because of Riley in terms of covering for him. He's not as good as TJ Brody, but I also think that will help Muzzin, who, in my opinion, has been our most struggling player so far. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys agree with that. No, he's been the shit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and and now I see hurt, also though, know, I see but. also some like Twitter and media going away from like Marner to Muzzin, which, I mean, whatever. Like, someone's always got flavor of the day. Go, yeah, yeah, it's a flavor um, of the day. Yeah, but he's like another guy. Like, if Muzzin's not going, we're in big trouble. So hopefully, this oh, yeah. gets him going a lot better. If if they yeah, can but- get Muzzin going once again, I I said it in the off season. If you're able to get Brody and Muzzin together, fully healthy, playing to their best. That's one of the better shutdown pairing. That's an upper echelon shutdown pairing that will really, really help them in the playoffs. So I'm excited for this. I'm really excited to see what's going on. We've got Timmy Lilgren back in the lineup too. So, oh yeah, it's a, it's a big game, big test for the defense. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth there. Yeah. That, that I'm, I'm excited to see that, that, that shutdown pairing. And I mean, the, we get, we get a full, full defensive pairing of the young kids and we get to see them do their work. I cannot wait. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, I mean, if Timothy Lilgren doesn't work out, there's always uh, 
there's always a pending UFA unrestricted free agent out of uh, Dallas that's uh, catching my eye. Interesting. I'm not going to say any names. Don't want to. Don't want to jinx it. But yeah. Anything else you guys have? Yeah. Can, before we go, can I guys can I set you guys up with a little rat race, either or, comparing yeah. the Morgan Riley contract? Yeah. Okay. All right. I got a I got a bunch of guys here. So okay. Let's start with the first one I said. So you got Morgan Riley at eight years and seven and a half mil. That's going to be standard compared to how about Jared Spurgeon, seven years, seven, five, seven, five. I haven't watched Jared Spurgeon enough. I'm, so, not, I'm not privy. Can I ask a question first? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you mean Jared Spurgeon from when he signed it back in 2019? Yeah, from when like, he signed it. From when he signed okay. it. Um, Jared Spurgeon, honestly. Okay. Tory Krug, six and a half seven years versus Morgan Riley, seven and a half, eight years. Morgan Riley. Versus Tory Krug. Go uh, Morgan Riley. Okay. Dougie Hamilton at nine mil over seven years versus Morgan. Dougie Riley. Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton. Not even one. a question. That one's not even close. Okay. Sorry. All right. All right. How about this one? Adam Pellick at five, seven, five. Adam Pellick. Okay. Mm-hmm. What up? Jason? Agreed. Adam Pellick. Sorry. What about the same deal that Ryan Pulak just signed, which was 615? Same thing. I would have rather taken Ryan Pulak in. Either, either of those? Okay. Yeah. Especially at that, that number. Mm-hmm. Damn. Lou Amarello. Crying out loud. Okay. I have one Stinks. last one. Um, so Morgan <laughs> Riley at, at uh, as we said, eight years, seven, five versus Seth Jones. No, I'm just kidding. Not, <laughs> Seth Jones. No. I'm not no. going to do the Seth Jones one, but my last one for you guys is Riley or Hyman on their contracts. Which one, which one would you have taken with, with a little bit of benefit of hindsight, you know, in your favor with Hyman there, but which one of those are you taking? Oh man. That's tough. God. Mm. I actually don't. Uh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to put this up on the story. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to influence anyone's decision. I, I, I'm going to have to. I'll give you my answer next podcast. This is going to take a lot of time for you. To think Same about, here. Honestly. Same here. Yeah, I'll yeah. answer next time. Yeah, but I, I did want to. Question. I it's a great question. It's a it's a beautiful question. question. I love it. Thank you. I I appreciate it's that. Very interesting <laughs> question. Um, going back to the stats real quick before we close out, I did calculate the expected goals against per sixty uh, for all D men in the league. Morgan Riley's obviously in the lower echelon. Um, it's 51st amongst all defensemen. I took out all of the defensemen though, that played less than I think 500 minutes. He's about, I want to say close to 20th, but right near him is Darnell nurse. Like they're like 0.02 off of one another in terms of defensive numbers, but Morgan Riley blows him out of the water in terms of offensive numbers, but that's over the last three years. So mm-hmm. obviously Seth, I mean, Darnell Nurse has taken a big step in the last year. So I actually think those two are quite similar players. I think Nurse yeah. is better offensively. I think also you put in the equation of he just has a better shot as well. Yeah. He scores more goals. He had 15 five on five goals last year. That's insane for yeah. a defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then on the other end, Morgan Riley, even though he's not good defensively, like Nurse is way more trash defensively than Riley. You know what I mean? So. It's a little yeah. give and take there. Riley's not as good offensively, but also not as bad defensively compared to Darnell mm-hmm. Nurse. Yeah. yeah, but also interesting enough, another defenseman right in that category, Brady Shea. 
and he's yeah, five he's... two five for six. It, he signed five two five for six years, and he's like a tick, just barely a tick below what Nurse is at. No, he has not been good. Like you could like yeah. comparing him to and his offensive numbers stink too. Yeah, comparing mm-hmm. him to like Brody, for example, is like okay, what is what's going on here? Like. Yeah, oh, they have similar contracts too. Yeah. Anyways, a, a, a lot of the models aren't too hot on him. Sorry, I just wanted to. Yeah. At least, I think everyone's like, not too hot on him. He stinks. No, no, I know. I, I'm just like, like. There's an I instant regret hot, I mean, from like, Carolina almost, once they traded for him. Absolutely. Yeah. It, he's almost like a negative WAR player. He's close to like being a negative WAR. He's very like he's like around third pairing, second like low end second pairing, third pairing deep. Where, yeah. Uh, and yeah, one more thing before we go. Sorry. Dom Lecision on Twitter always does the good contract comparables. He yep. had Mar- Riley coming in at $7 million, so a slight overpay, but he said he didn't hate the contract. Clearly, there's a chance he's going to drop off. But when you look at some of the actual comparables that his model spits out in terms of purely off his wins above replacement equ- equivalency, it's it's not pretty. It's Brent Seabrook, Justin Schultz, P.K. Subban, Matt Carl, Duncan Keith, Christian Erhoff. So, like, those top six is pretty ugly. But then after that, it's... McDonough, Gardner, Carlson, Goligoski, Chris Letang. So it's a mixed bag. Again, I think a lot of these long-term contracts depend on how the player ages as well, which yeah. can be yeah. a crapshoot sometimes. Oh, yeah. You can't project that, right? Anyways, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go.